Welcome to Unsanctimonious, the podcast where two irreverent pastors explore the Bible using the Revised Common Lectionary while doing their best to be unsanctimonious. What does that mean? Well, if the word sanctimonious means self-righteous, holier-than-thou, smug, falsely pious, pompous, self-satisfied, or prideful, we want to be the opposite of that. Your hosts are Jonathan Kleinsmith and the Reverend Mark Jardine. And even though we're both pastors, we won't pretend to have it all figured out. Spoiler alert, no pastor, theologian, or Bible scholar actually does. But we do believe that God is revealed in the reading of these holy words, and our hope is that by listening to this podcast, you might have an encounter with God as well. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world's all-time best-selling book and see how it might be speaking to us today. Boom. I'm recording. Awesome. Live. Live. We are, we are live. Uh, hello and welcome to the Unsanctimonious Podcast. I am Reverend Jonathan Kleinsmith and with me is Reverend Mark Jardine, who is uh, by all accounts more reverend and revered than I am, I would say. But neither <laughs> one of us are sanctimonious, which is how we got the name of this podcast. Uh, Mark, you want to introduce yourself exactly well uh you know we thought it's to be a good time just to uh reflect on some scripture and uh try to do it in a way that just uh is relaxed and sort of laid back and uh, gives everyone a chance to to sort of hear us uh you know in a less formal manner than sometimes we appear on sunday mornings and other places and uh so we're gonna let our hair down though neither one of us have much hair to <laughs> Uh, we'll uh, we'll just uh, sort of discuss some scripture and uh, try to help us uh, make some connection with that with our lives today, and uh, so that's that's sort of I think what we're about today. And yes, uh, we're not coming to you as the greatest scholars that ever walked the face of the earth. This is not a scholastic endeavor. I might want to make that clear. Uh, you're not attending a seminary class, uh, which. We both have now escaped, and so uh, uh, this is going to be much lighter and much uh, much less rigorous uh, than uh, that sort of work, uh, which we've all we've both been a part of. But uh, we don't want it to be that at all. We want it to be helpful to you uh, on your journey of life and faith and connecting with God and the Holy Scripture. So. Yeah. And so if you guys haven't yet, this uh, podcast goes with a reading plan that you can find on unsanctimonious.com. Uh, we will be following the uh, general lectionary each week, and we will pick a passage from that to talk about. And yeah, we are a lot more laid back than people are used to seeing. We're both wearing Hawaiian shirts, and uh, 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 we have uh, iced tea in our hands, and uh, there is actually none of that is happening. But that's the general overall feel. We are, we are more laid back. So today we're going to be exploring Psalm 8. Um, so the translation we'll be reading from is from the Common English Bible. It's a translation that came out a few years ago. Um, and for those of you guys that care about labels, it was, uh, it was a joint venture between uh, the United Methodist Church and a couple other large denominations. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and read it, and then we're going to dive in. Uh, we're going to dive in and explore uh, four basic ideas, uh, and we'll try to kind of follow this format every week, but um, the four basic ideas we're going to explore is what is the ancient problem that this scripture is talking about? 
what is the ancient solution that it offers? Uh, what is a modern problem that uh, maybe this text helps address? And uh, what is the modern solution using the biblical ethic uh, that comes along uh, from the reading? Um, so I'm just going to jump right in. We're going to read Psalm 8. And it starts, for the music leader, according to the Giddith. And uh, uh, we uh, look that up. A Giddith is a musical instrument. So imagine like David is chilling out on a lute or uh, ukulele or whatever the ancient equivalent was. And so this is a Psalm of David. So here we go. Psalm 8, verse 1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. You made your glory higher than heaven. From the mouths of nursing babes, you have laid a strong foundation because of your foes in order to stop vengeful enemies. When I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moon and the stars that you set firmly in place, what are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? You've made them only slightly less than divine, crowning them with glory and grandeur. You've let them rule over your handiwork, putting everything under their feet, all sheep and all cattle, the wild animals too, the birds in the sky, the fish of the ocean, everything that travels the pathways of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. It feels weird to read scripture uh, to an audience and not say, this is the word of God for the people of God. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks be to God. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, Mark, on hearing that scripture, our first sort of uh, question is, what do you think the ancient problem uh, is that this is addressing? What, what sort of world would this have been written in? I think it was a world in time where uh, the people, David, uh, who authored the psalm, was praising God, but also defining to some degree as he wrote, and as this scripture came to him, as this song came to him, uh, this, by the way, is the first hymn, I think, in the Psalms, actually. Uh, he's writing a song of praise, but also an understanding of where humanity is in relationship to God. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if you back up through the first seven Psalms, they're all sort of about different uh, types of suffering with your enemies and, and all sorts of different sufferings. And this Psalm comes along and is this hymn about, uh, you know, about the glory of God and about how we sit as just a little lower than God, you know, as uh, but yet full of glory and grace, uh, which sometimes, you know, I think probably in that time, uh, you know, people, uh, times were really hard uh, in that day and time, and uh, lots of wars, lots of things going on. And so they probably felt a lot of times uh, more like the first seven Psalms and this psalm is sort of a contrast to all of that for them. So that, that might be one way to look at that psalm and hear that psalm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I'm glad that you uh, brought that up. Yeah, so uh, the first sort of eight psalms are a collection, right? And right. Uh, uh, it's called an inclusio, if you're a Bible nerd. Um, but I, I think the idea behind it is just, just imagine it two bookends, right? 
Um, and and uh, and it's sort of uh, as Mark said, it, it's going from the idea of uh, like order is is how it starts, and then the more you read the Psalms, the more disorderly the world gets. Um, and yet, each of these Psalms gives us something uh, new about God's character. And here uh, we see uh, we see. Uh, David kind of contemplating what is what does a human being mean in all of this right like um, and I think just like uh, today in, in David's day there were there was chaos right abounding and if you read the books of first uh, and second Samuel and first and second Kings um, you see that right David is he spends a lot of time on the run he spends a lot of time in battle. He spends a lot of time hiding out on a mountain. He spends time in a cave. We know, we know there's a really fun story about uh, David spying on uh, Saul and while well, he's using the bathroom in a cave, uh, you know, and uh, yeah. so, so <laughs> David's life is not, it's not um, easy. Um, I think that's one of the things that's refreshing about reading the Psalms is like the psalmists, uh, and there were probably multiple psalmists, um, they they understand uh, that the the following Yahweh, you know, for them that would be what they called God, uh, wasn't like this easy thing. And so uh, we see uh, David in the midst of this chaos. He's he's talking about God providing, and he's talking about God seeing human beings in God's image and. I wonder how revolutionary this idea must have sounded to the first people that heard it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you think back to the time, and of course, David, sometimes we get David, we just think of him as the king, you know, that he later became. Yeah. But he had this journey to get to be king that really shaped him. And, uh, you know, the people, uh, the people had been, uh, through the exodus and the exile, and that was still a big part of their their minds at that point. And uh, uh, so, so you know, the, the people had suffered all through their history. And so you come to David, and there's that's still deep in their minds. And, and life was hard, uh, like I said before, for those people. And David's life, I mean, you know, uh, Saul wanted to kill him, basically. I mean, that's, that's right. what it came down to. And he was really on the run for his life. And so when, as you read through the Psalms, these first eight Psalms, you know, talks about when your enemy's after you and you're being persecuted by your enemy. Well, I'm going to tell you, if someone's after your head, uh, that's, that's pretty good persecution right there. Right. Level. And uh, so, you know, out of this, we come to this Psalm and, and David, like you said, he gives, he's, he's praising God because what I think David comes to realize in all of that, uh, early on, as he goes through all that suffering, is that that God's with him in all that. Mm -hmm. That He's not been abandoned, left to his own. And uh, you know, you, you sort of you can sort of contrast some of David's journey with that of Job. Uh, if you look at Job, uh, Job, of course, struggled with the suffering and the pain, and his friends aren't any help to him along the way. Right. And uh, but yet, you know, but David, on the other hand, as he struggles and suffers, he still keeps 
his focus on who this God is and who he is in relationship to God. And I always say about David is his faithfulness uh, was amazing, his faithfulness to God uh, throughout his life, uh, because in the midst of all of that, he remained faithful to God. And, and uh, you know, I think as you read this, uh, it's a great reminder uh, and certainly as we move into talking about our day and time, uh, you know, I think, I think we all have suffered in different ways mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just our day-to-day life, uh, there are challenges. I mean, I know in this season that we're in right now, which is, you know, probably the craziest season most of us have ever lived through. Uh, and, you know, I've been around a couple of weeks and, and you have too. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, when we, when we look at the world and everything that's going on, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we, we feel, you know, like there are enemies of different types in our world. There's persecution, there's suffering, certainly a lot of suffering, it seems like right now. And yet, as we read through those first seven Psalms, we hear that, but then we see this model of David who says, uh, he says, I, I, I love, I, you know, with me, I praise God and we remind ourselves that, that we were made, you know, just a little lower mm-hmm. and we are filled with the glory and the love of God. And, and the, the theme carries, you know, through our lives that uh, God has given us dominion over creation in this passage. Uh, but also with that comes responsibility for the creation. Too. Right. And so uh, it's not like you're just given dominion to dominate you're given dominion to care for and just right. as God cares for us. Yeah. And so, it, uh, you know, you know, if you look at God cares for us, we care for creation and then we care for God also in that same, in that same process. Yeah. And that, this kind of brings us to ancient solution, right? Uh, and that's uh, this passage uh, is I think revolutionary for, if you look at it from like the cultures around uh, ancient Israel, um, like there's a divine dignity that God gives to people in Psalm eight. And it echoes back to Genesis one, right? Uh, Like human beings are made in the image of God. And here in Genesis one and here in Psalm eight, it says uh, that they're, uh, you know, little bit less than divine, right? Um, there's uh, there's no understanding of that in the ancient cultures around Israel because uh, we think about you know we know uh, in in 586 BCE uh, or 587, one of those years, uh, that the Babylonian army is going to come into Judah, Judah and they're going to take the people of Jerusalem captive and uh, you know, they're going to hold them hostage basically for 70 years. Um, that culture, uh, their, their pantheon of gods, they worship somebody named Marduk and Marduk, uh, you know, and the gods that, uh, the Babylonians worship, uh, and, and the Akkadians worship, like though, though their gods create humans as slaves, right? Uh, to do their bidding. And uh, there is no thought of loving humanities. There's no thought of human beings being anything more um, than slaves. 
and uh, yet, uh, and in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, not only are some human beings divine, but all of humanity is divine, and God has made everybody um, in God's image. I think that's that's got to be a revolutionary way of looking at things from an ancient worldview. And uh, as you mentioned, Mark, with all of the chaos that's happening, um, with all of the tribal conflicts, all of the national conflicts, and certainly with um, all of the, um, the amount of time that the Israelites spend as captive peoples, uh, to be reminded of that kind of dignity and that kind of divine responsibility, like that, that must have been just a completely revolutionary way of thinking about oneself, right? I think that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it goes, like you say, it goes counter to everything um, that the Israelites were seeing around them. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, because you're right, culturally, there you go in the background. I was going to say they're just a little less than dogs, actually. <laughs> yeah. And not dogs like our pet dogs that we pamper and care for, just like working dogs. Uh, you know, they, they just, uh, that, that's how the other gods were understood as uh, being in relationship to humanity. Mm-hmm. They were way up here, up high, and the people were just the worker bees. Uh, right. And, uh, you know... Uh, and so, you know, David writes this beautiful hymn uh, that really reshapes that understanding of that relationship. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I guess it's almost a love song uh, to humanity. Yeah. Uh, playing for God uh, loves us. We love God. We love creation. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's... Uh, just a sharp contrast to the world around them. And it's even a, it's just a, just a real radical way of understanding things uh, that uh, sometimes we miss because we live where we live, but we didn't live in that context so much. All right. So, so uh, one last thing on uh, the ancient uh, solution uh, that I think is really interesting is um, the uh, the people around um, the Israelites they didn't just worship these other gods like Marduk but they also worshipped um, heavenly objects as gods right like uh, the sun the moon and the stars um, but I I love what verse eight three says right uh, that they're just the work of God's fingers the work of God's hands these are um, these are subservient things to God, right? So, um, and you couldn't have read that in the ancient world without understanding that, oh yeah, they're saying that, uh, that, that those gods are, are nothing. That even the sun, which provides us heat and the moon, which provides us, uh, light at night, like, uh, those things are nothing compared to God. It's all under his, um, all under his um, dominion, right? And and for human beings to be uh, to be just a little bit lower than God's means they're higher than the sun and the stars and the moon and uh, these uh, created things. Like 
I think that's uh, a really uh, a really cool understanding to have. And, and I, again, uh, this is one of those things where if we were in the ancient world, we, we'd totally be like, are you sure I'm more important than the sun? Or that I've got, you know, like I'm carrying a divine image. I think that, um, you know, we get lost in that today because we're uh, we're in a me first sort of society, and and of course we think we're the center of our own universe. Uh, right. But that that's really a modern understanding. So uh, maybe let's segue from that into uh, what sort of modern problems does this psalm address? Well, I think it, uh, you know, uh, as I look at this psalm, I, I think one of the things it talks about is is exactly sort of where you were talking about the ordering of of who's where in the equation, so to speak. Right. In the ancient world, it addressed uh, the problem of, of course, that we had these other gods out here. And so at the end of the psalm, in verse 80, says, uh, he write, he sings, Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. In other words, your name is above everything on earth. Mm-hmm. And we have the these other gods that's been sort of put to rest. They're just uh, pieces of my handiwork, the stars and the moon and everything. Humanity's raised up. Uh, I think part of the problem in the modern world that this psalm would look at and address uh, is the issue of uh, when we take control, when we put ourselves in a place where God's place is. Mm. Um, you know, when we, and I'm not saying that like we think we're God so much as what we think we have to fix it, we have to control. I mean, I'm a male. I'm just going to tell you as a male, <laughs> I like to fix stuff, okay? And, right. and I, I think this psalm, addresses that problem to some degree because it reminds us that god's name is majestic in all the world god this is god's thing right and i am just a little lower than god uh i have a divine peace in me or part of me but uh i'm giving dominion over things here on the earth but really in the big picture uh god's the one that's in control of that right and, and, and in a way, it helps us to uh, uh, deal with that problem, which I know I'm getting ahead a little bit. But I think I think one of our problems in this day and time is we feel we have to control and manage and direct everything in our world. Right. And one of the problems we have right now is, uh, as you're listening and the world's sort of gone crazy the last 75 to, days to six months, uh, we've discovered we don't. We don't have control. We can try right. to grab it, but it's not attainable. Mm. And uh, that's that's a hard place for some of us to be who have been used to fixing it and being in control and managing at least our little piece of the world. Right. Yeah. I think that's definitely present in these scriptures. Um, you know, the, the, the verse six, you made him ruler over your works of your hands. You put everything under his feet like... In the ancient context, you're reading that and you're saying, oh, wow, I have dom- dominion over the world. Uh, in the modern context, you, you look at that first part of it, it's God made us, right. gave us dominion, right? We, we never had control without God giving right. it to us. Um, I think that's um, probably a good word. 
think another, you know, sort of modern problem um, that this speaks to is I think uh, there, there's, I've never, it's really hard to meet balanced people uh, yeah. in the world. Here's what I mean by that. Like we either have too high of an opinion of ourselves or too, uh, too, like we think of ourselves as being too important or we think too little of ourselves, right? And uh, just total transparency. I'm a person that I live on both of those wavelengths and never in the middle. I'm either too high on myself or too low on myself uh, pretty much all of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, for uh, some of us that, like, we need to be reminded that, uh, you know, God is the one that created the moon and the stars and uh, the sun and the sky and that we are just uh, God's handiwork. But then I think there are some of us out there that are, you know, especially um, those of you that are listening that are, you've been trapped at home for 80 days and um, you question maybe your role in this universe. And um, like, there are some of us that need to hear that we're God's handiwork and that we're made a little bit lower than God, right? Like the, that God put this sort of divine spark in each one of us and that we have divine worth and we have dignity. Um, and, and I think that's important for us to hear um, just in American society. But then I think that when we look around the world, we can ab apply those same metrics to other societies as well. And I think, um, you know, there is a lot of dehumanization that happens in this world, right? And um, I don't think we look at um, some people in our world and we, I, I don't think we look at them and say, oh, that person was made a little bit lower than God. I'll just give you some examples like, uh, you know, the homeless people that we encounter in our world. Do you see that person as say that person was made in the image of God or that person was made a little lower than God or, uh, you know, the, the children that we see, um, you know, on those, those, um, gut-wrenching feed the children ads right in Africa and in South America in in parts of the undeveloped world like do we see them and say that person is also made with divine value and divine worth and um, I think a lot of times even unconsciously we do dehumanize people and uh, we start to think of people as problems or um, we're as commodities or, or people not having worth because they don't really help us. And, and God sort of switches, like he flips the switch. He switches up the dynamic to where we have to view it in a different way of like, all people have divine worth. Um, then that means that I have to see those people in the way that God sees them. And that's a lot harder for me. I, I think, yeah, I think that's uh that's a great observation. Um, you know, I remember as you were talking, uh, it reminded me of an old BJ Thomas song. I know I, if I do this for a while, you'll get to where I always tie everything to a song, but anyway, uh, uh, but it was, uh, using things and loving people. Mm. That's the way it's supposed to be not loving things and using people. And sometimes, right. especially in this day and culture, we objectify people by, what they say, what they look like, what their party affiliation is. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you spend any time on social media, I'm on, I imagine most people watching this do, or they wouldn't be watching this. Uh, but anyway, 
I mean, social media is full of this stuff where we don't really look at the people out there that we're doing whatever we're saying about or doing, you know, we don't look at them as just a little lower than God and having a divine spark about them and, and being part of God's divine plan and God's divine creation. We look at them as this person's bad because they believe this way. Right. This person's bad or, you know, this person should be suspect because of their skin color or whatever else. Uh, we've had a lot of that lately in the media. Right. And, uh, you know, what a radical thing it'd be in our world if we tried to look at people, which is really hard, I realize, and I'm not saying that I do it real well, but wouldn't it be good if we could look at people through the eyes of this psalm? And we could look at people and be reminded, I don't care who you're looking at. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they even believe or espouse to believe. But to realize that they are a divine creation of God, God's handiwork. And they have been given, made in the very image of this one who is majestic over all creation and everything. Right. Wow. How yeah. different would we engage with this world. Um, I mean, we need to hear that for ourselves too. Like you said, Jonathan, I mean, uh, you know, we have tremendous worth. Our worth is not measured by what our bank account is or what our job or status is. Our real worth is measured by this knowledge that we're made in the image of God and we are divinely loved and cared for. And, uh, you know, uh, if we could see ourselves that way and see others that way, uh, you know, it would have as much capacity. This passage would have as much capacity to radically change our culture as it's a radical message today as it was when David wrote it uh, all those years ago. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway. No, I think that's great. And that kind of sort of brings us to a uh, modern solution, right? Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's it, right? Like, um, it, you know, there, there was a song in the 90s, uh, if you want to be somebody else, change your mind, right? Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and that's kind, of, that's kind of where this takes us, right? Like, um, we are, you know, there, there's no real call to action necessarily that this psalm gives us except for the re to reflect on our nature. Um, and when we reflect on our nature, when we see um, that we are made um, just a little lower than God, that gives us divine responsibility to act in this world. Right. But then also when we see others as being a little bit less than God, then that gives us a responsibility to view them differently. And, uh, you know, just full disclosure, there are people I don't want to see that way, right? right. right. Like, uh, there are people in this world that hurt me and and tear me down and um, that you don't you necessarily feel like have your best interests at heart. And um, when I think of those people, uh, you know, full disclosure, guys, if you're listening to this and you're saying two pastors are saying this, like, yeah, we, we have, we get hurt, we get beat up and ministry is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Cause you know, yes, we get to love God and we get to love people, but we're also dealing with people. 
And, um, you know, that doesn't, you know, being a, a follower of Jesus and even a really close follower of Jesus at my best times, um, doesn't inoculate you from, uh, having to deal with difficult people or having to deal with people that, um, that really, uh, you know, seem to want to hurt you. And yet God is reminding me through this scripture that, um, you know, there's a divine spark in those people. And uh, that's really hard to wrestle with. Uh, and, you know, uh, sometimes I think we read scriptures and we, we, we sort of say, Lord, I sort of wish you hadn't said that, right? Like when Jesus is saying, love your enemies or turn the other cheek. Uh, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, have you met my enemies? Do you know what these people are like? Um, and yet at, at the end of the day, um, that is the better way, right? That is the divine way is to view people in the way that this Psalm is talking about. And that, like you just sort of alluded to, Mark, is revolutionary and life-changing. And um, if, we, if we fully embraced it, uh, we could literally change the world. I think, you know, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's important for people to realize that they don't, that yes, we have the same struggles everyone has. Uh, and, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, uh, I'll tell a story and, uh, but just this week, uh, I had someone who I had, we'd done the online worship service that came out to my car, put on my car. Uh -huh. uh, and it's, uh, less than complimentary, uh, suggesting furloughing myself and someone else from the church because we didn't do exactly what they thought we should do. And, you know, my, my body did not respond by this Psalms mandate. Okay? <laughs> uh, my mind didn't go there. I didn't go to immediately. Oh Lord, I'm just uh, you know, I made in your image and so I should, you know, no, it went a different way. And, you know, uh, it took me about 24 or 48 hours to figure out. I didn't, good news is I didn't respond to that note, mm -hmm. but, uh, but, you know, uh, it took me a while and a couple of conversations with some folks to realize that, you know, that they're still, they are still uh, this person as, as bad as that may have felt, uh, that person is still a creation in the image of God. And uh, by golly, it's tough. It's tough. Like Jonathan, like you said, man, there are people that it's just hard. Yeah. And, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Psalm 8 is a tremendous reminder that all of creation is God's handiwork. And all of humanity is made in the image of God. And we have to see even those that leave mean notes on my car, uh, even those that cut me off in traffic, even those I don't agree with politically or whatever on the Facebooks of life, they are still created just uh, as those created in the image of God. And uh, we have to try to figure out how to love them and look for i think i think a piece is to try to figure out where you can find in anyone and everyone that piece that reminds you of who god is and love that piece yeah and uh and that's hard for us because we generally jump to the other side of that equation right and uh 
but anyway, so that's, that's my confession for the week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a great place for us to end. Uh, that is a really encouraging word. And uh, Mark, thank you for that just level of authenticity and, and vulnerability. Um, it is not easy to love people. Um, and uh, I, I know a lot of people that say they love God, but the way they love people tells me that they're lying. <laughs> uh, yeah. But this, this is our challenge, right? This is our challenge. So... If you're out there listening to this podcast, I hope that you know uh, that God loves you deeply. God created you with intention and God made you just a little bit lower um, than God's own self, but you're still higher than the stars, higher than the sun, higher than the moon, and uh, and God loves you. So uh, thanks for joining us for this podcast. You can find more information about this podcast on unsanctimonious.com. You can also find a reading plan there uh, where you can have a reading for every day of the week. Uh, and we would encourage you to do that. Go through the entire Bible with us. We'll be following the general uh, common lectionary, uh, daily readings. And so you can find resources there. You can chat with other people that are uh, exploring the Bible. And we're going to all do this together. So thanks, guys. God bless you. Grace to everyone. <laughs>